Hello, everybody, and welcome to Tell Us What's in the Box. What's in the box? What's in the box? What is in the box? What is in the box? Today, it's apparently Swedish villages that are in the mountains. Oh, God. And (laughs) (laughs) um, we are talking about Midsommar. The 2019 movie by Ari Aster, starring Florence Poe. Poe? Uh, how do you say her last name? I I'm sorry, no honey, idea. if you're listening to this, but <laughs> you are you were amazing. Yeah, you were you were um, fantastic. So Florence, we'll go with Florence. Florence. Um, uh, and that's what we're going to talk about today. Neither one of us had seen this one, believe it or not. I don't think. Um, right, no. I hadn't seen it before. Um, I didn't get to. I wanted to. And I just never got around to it in the theater. So I kind of put it on the list of movies I'll watch at one point. Even though it was like the thing when it came out. Oh, yeah. So. I, I have lots of thoughts. Yes. Yeah, so let's let's just give a quick rundown. And then we'll get into these thoughts about the relationships in this movie. And are they a tangled uh, web in this? Um, so the basic premise of this is Danny. Oh, Danny. Oh, well, uh, not me. Not me, Danny. A different Danny. Um, is Lies. It's all lies. It's all lies. It's all lies. I've never spent time in Sweden. You're um, the May Queen. You're the May Queen. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, goes on a trip with her boyfriend and some of his friends um, after her parents and her sister have died in a very tragic incident. This is... um going to be spoilers. So, I mean, at this point, you should just turn off if you don't want spoilers. Um, Her sister killed her parents and then herself um, after it being indicated that um, she had a lot of issues. Her sister had a lot of issues. And um, Danny had been trying to, you know, did what she could and everything, but it it did end up that uh, her sister ended up killing her parents and then herself. And after this incident, her boyfriend, Christian, and decide uh go on this trip where one of them is going to be studying um this event that's going on at this remote village in sweden that one of their other friends pele is from um so yeah that's the basic plot so this group of friends uh danny christian josh the one who's doing his thesis on this mark their jerk friend i don't really know what his purpose is but he's a jerk bag um and uh i guess he's just going for the drugs um and then pele who's yeah. actually from the village go go to this village to witness this once in a 90 year event at this village um so let's get into it <laughs> what would you like to talk about first first of all what did you think of the movie oh what did, what did shit um where, where do you even start with this movie so i i, I watched it last night and as you know, because immediately after I was done, I started texting you like, <laughs> holy shit, Danny. Um, <clears throat> I was able to sleep last night, but oh my God, were my dreams fucked up. Like, yeah. so there's a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot going on in here. And a lot of what we've talked about and all the previous like, movies and games and short stories and everything else there's like our personal relationship with what's going on but then also 
the screwed up nature of all the characters' relationships. And the strongest thing that stuck out for me, and I think it's a big reason why I connected with the movie a lot more than some of our other writer friends, is because I saw way too much of myself in Danny. Mm -hmm. So from the very beginning, I was like, girl, stop apologizing for your jerk boyfriend, Christian, who isn't caring about you. She was such a people pleaser. And it was so hard to watch. Yeah. It's such a trauma response. Just, it's such a, you're just trying to please everybody. You're just trying to go along with everybody. You're just trying to make sure everyone's happy. And you're miserable. And it was, it's so hard to watch. It's because that's a thing people do. They do. I mean, people will, will, will do not what they want to do just to make other people happy and try to be as, as accommodating as possible at the expense of their own like mental health, you know? Happiness. Yeah. And, and then when and she does try to stand space. up. Yeah. Yeah. When she does try to stand up for herself and actually bring up an issue with her boyfriend Christian because initially she didn't know that he was going along with everybody to Sweden because he didn't tell her. Right, and it, right. It's, it's important to note that at the beginning of the movie, like, <clears throat> excuse me, he's on the fence of breaking up with her and he's talking about it with his friends and that makes his friends like hate her and they're very cold towards her and it's all kinds of screwed up right yeah but and here's the thing here's the thing at first at first before you get on me yeah i was kind of down with christian and their and their complicated thing that they had because i was like (laughs) wow, you know, she's going through a lot and she obviously has a lot of trauma and she obviously has a lot of things she needs to deal with and needs a lot, right? You know, Mm -hmm. I mean, with everything that's going on, her anxiety, she was taking uh, medicine for it. She was taking drugs, uh, you know, Ativan. Ativan of all things. Yeah. Yeah. Ativan, which, I mean, I had to have, I mean, they gave me Ativan when I went uh, under to have an MRI one time and I was out, yo. And if that doesn't even (laughs) calm her down, she's got anxiety up the wazoo. I mean, Ativan is, is stiff stuff. I mean, mm-hmm. I, you know, I mean, because I was having like panic attacks in the MRI machines that's real close and everything. So they had to give me that. And I was like, yeah, Ooh, you know, like when they gave me that, like I was feeling no, like nothing would have bothered me. You know, I just would have been like, cool. But like, but so here's the thing. I was like, wow, that's really tough. You know, she had this thing happen with her family and she's obviously dealing with a lot of anxiety, obviously has a lot of dependent see issues and issues that she really needs extensive therapy for and he can only provide so much right a person can only provide so much support for somebody you know what i mean i mean like you can't be there for somebody at the expense of yourself right i mean and it's not either of their fault that's just the way it is right you know and and you know she needs things and he needs things and everything so at first I was kind of feeling the complication of that. I'm like, that's a real thing. You know, he, he doesn't want to break up with her because she's going to do a lot, but yet he doesn't have enough to give her. Like he doesn't have enough to give her to support her and everything. So at first I was kind of like, wow, you know, that's a really tough spot. That's a really complicated dynamic to have to deal with. But then later on, like, I was was like, okay, yeah. Okay. You're, you're, 
dickbag. So big dirt bag. I mean, he shows his true colors later on when he basically tells Josh that he's decided that, oh, I'm going to work on the same thesis topic as you because I guess they're all in grad school. And prior to the trip to Sweden, Christian hadn't figured out, yeah, what he was going to do. So it just seems like it turned him into an an opportunist, excuse me. I'm like all garled up today. Um, so, but I was right there with you at the very beginning in terms of what you're saying about like, if the relationship was too much for him, um, and then it, that wouldn't be his, his fault. Um, he was handling it extremely poorly and being very rude to Danny. Um, and even Danny was, self-aware enough when she was on the phone with her friend to realize like, what if this is too much for him? Mm-hmm. So she constantly overanalyzing everything. And I found that part of the reason why she was kind of a people pleaser is because she was always afraid that it was too much for anyone else to handle. Mm-hmm. So I get that. I lived that life. You know, mm-hmm. I went to therapy for that life. So right from the very beginning, man, I saw way too much of myself in yeah. dance. And can we just say the performances were great? Oh my God. Yes. They were great. I mean, as much as we're we're bagging on Christian as a character, I thought the his the actor for him I uh, did wonderful. Oh, like yeah. he did really great um, because he didn't have to hit you with the over the head with the dick bag. He was a dirt bag. You just had to, you kind of got that. He was able to kind of convey yeah. that, you know, and, and, and the whole thing. So the performances all around, I don't think there was a one really uh, that was, that was no or anything. So the performances were absolutely, um, you know, the scene where he's, where they're talking about them going to, to the village and she's just begging him. She's like, please, she's doing her people pleaser thing. Like, please don't leave. Let's just talk about it. Come on. I'm yeah. sorry. You know, and there's, and it's so, you're so uncomfortable. Yeah. But like, girl, don't girl. Don't. Yeah. I was literally there watching it. Like, don't, don't do this. Like, don't yeah. like prostrate yourself. Don't like, you know what I mean? Please like, just give him the middle finger and tell him to fuck off. Like, you know. you're obviously not there yet with yourself, which we'll get to the ending at some point. Yeah. And she finally gets there. But yeah. And, and, and him, for the wrong reasons. <laughs> just wanting to leave and not like, and just kind of being this kind of self-centered. I mean, that whole scene was just, it was very real. Like, yeah. I mean, I know, I know for personal facts, stuff like that has gone down in my life. Um, yeah. Scenes like that where, you know, these just really complicated feelings and really complicated issues come out. And so that scene was very, very real where they're back at the apartment and arguing about how he didn't tell her he was going. And, yeah. you know, her her just trying to just get him not to leave and whatever. And it was so good because you got the sense that, like, he wanted her like he didn't want to he didn't want to be the ostensible dirtbag like even though mm-hmm. he was he wanted an excuse to be like oh you broke up with me you kicked me out you were mad at me he didn't want the responsibility 
of potentially looking like a bad guy, which is something that jerks and toxic people often do. They don't mm-hmm. want to look like the bad guy. So they will do everything they can to get you to do something that they can then say, oh, well, you you left. You were the one that was mad at me and everything like that and and whatever and kind of give themselves leave to, to uh, you know, get rid of their responsibility for any part of it. Yep. I have nothing more. That just hits it right right on yeah. the head. And that like, was so much there in that scene. That was so much there. And that was that's what I'm talking about, the good performances. Because yeah. he had that there and she had that there, both of what they were doing. And yeah. it was so like, oh, man. And now they're going on this vacation. Like, you just knew it was going to be a disaster. Oh, my God. It's, just, it's, it's like taking your significant other to Burning Man. You're either going to leave closer and stronger than ever or you're going to break up before you leave yeah i know (laughs) you're just sitting there on the plane next to this asshole who just you know who's not wearing a mask like (laughs) yeah he's not wearing a mask exactly um and and like i said then you had josh who was the one who was actually doing the thesis so he was the ostensible reason they were going and everybody else was just kind of like going you know for a vacation um and whatever and uh mark yeah mark was just there i think for the drugs or whatever um totally <laughs> yeah and, uh, and then pele oh. was actually the one from the village who like invited mm-hmm. them and said hey this thing is happening you know come come and check it out and everything um yeah his performance was fantastic oh too. my god we'll get into that too because i have some things to say about him. oh man yeah, yeah. but like it it just goes to show that well one just the entire i mean you i i can understand some people had issues with like the big scenes where everybody's like freaking out and doing all this outward emotion during some pivotal parts um but the dialogue writing mm-hmm. in this film was so good mm-hmm. any less of actors if they had been in these roles it wouldn't have come Mm -hmm. across because Mm -hmm. it's so subtle and so nuanced Mm -hmm. and Pele like the first time we we really meet him when Danny goes over to their apartment and and they're discussing their plans and everybody goes into the other room and it's just Danny and and Pele I don't know about you, but I instantly got the sense of like, oh, this guy has a crush on her. Uh-huh. And it's a major thing. But then also knowing a bit about the film, I'm like, this is going to go in some sinister way. Yeah. I don't know what's going to happen. But like, it's weird. Like, I trust his feelings, but I don't mm. trust him and why and like right. what's going to happen. So. And- yeah, it exactly. So here's part of what I feel like is why we get that sense. I mean, you know, we we see, and hopefully the people listening to this, you know, you've seen a bunch of horror movies. And how do they usually start and end, right? They usually start with, you know, it's light and people are going about, you know, their lives and it's happy and da-da-da-da-da. And then you see like the slasher and you know it's gonna get worse, and then it's dark, 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 dark. And then the 
final girl, you know, opens the door and like pours on her and her silhouette and she walks out credits roll, you know, yeah. back in black or something plays. I don't know, but you know, <laughs> whatever badass song, you know, um, Carrie bomb or something. I don't know. Um, that would be my final girl song, by the way, but anyway, <laughs> um, and, and that's a standard. I mean, that's a trope. Mm -hmm. We could probably sit here and name 10 movies that do that. Midsommar inverts that where we start out very dark. Um, the death happens at night. Her parents and sister are killed at night. You see the dark with the lights and everything like that. Danny is enclosed in her apartment. They go over to the friend's apartment and the shades are blinded. It's very dark and all of this stuff, right? And then they get to the village and it's bright and everybody's wearing white, right? Mm -hmm. And the dark people the people who are wearing dark colored clothes are the outsiders yeah so it's this inversion of light and dark right it's this kind of inversion of of those that trope which makes it discordant for us knowing that we're going into a certain type of movie i think um they yeah. do that kind of with the musical score too where we get these very discordant notes right in the beginning like i mean almost we have to turn it down like when her parents die and everything because there's just like yeah. you know and they do this stuff but then when they get to midsummer it, you know when they get to that that village hard hard i think that's it um i think yeah yeah um it's it's the swedish singing it's the swinging it's the singing it's the beautiful the flutes and, and the flutes yeah. and the beautiful singing and everything so it's it's this kind of inversion right um yeah but it's still sinister yeah it's i mean i personally like, found the flutes like overwhelming i'm like this is going on too long yeah. like that that was just my whole sense of it like everything just went on too long Mm -hmm. And that's what made it intense. Like it was overwhelming my senses. And I feel like that was really intentional. Too. Yeah, it was. It was yeah. because we are meant to empathize with Danny. Danny is our emotional through line through the whole thing. No doubt. Um, yeah. There are scenes where we're not in her perspective. A few, not many. Um, but it, it's her emotional journey. It's her emotional through line. So that overwhelming of senses is very much what anxiety feels like. I mean, I don't know if you suffer from it or have had it. Oh yeah, I do. Oh yeah. yeah. You know, but that's what it is. Like everything is so intense and overwhelming and you just want to get away from it you know make mm -hmm. it stop yeah I, and so i think that's kind of what that's meant to do um is and this, all the psychedelics yeah that's this movie is why i don't do drugs <laughs> why you don't do drugs this is why i don't do drugs yeah. because i'm gonna be the one like danny freaking out and seeing like all the grass growing up through my, my hands, hands. Yeah. and i'm gonna be like i'm turning into grass oh my god i'm not i'm not a person anymore and then i'm gonna take off and like run through the woods and get lost and like probably die like yeah. that would totally be me that's why i don't do drugs <laughs> so. yeah don't do drugs people don't, don't do, drugs. do drugs okay yeah.
But that's uh, that's a big lesson here because there were all, all sorts of drugs going around yeah. uh, in this village, um, <laughs> you know. Um, so so once they get there, you know, once they get to the village um, and they're kind of brought in, they meet another couple, Connie and Simon, who are brought by Ingmark, which is somebody that Pele knows, grew up it's, together. It's his brother. It's his brother. Okay. His yeah, brother, so it's yeah. his brother. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so now you have these five outsider people who are kind of watching and, um, they kind of, uh, start to get into what everything is about. They see how the village is set up. Um, we see there are all over the place and, and, and everything. And, and, uh, and then it, it starts to turn, I mean, you feel disconcerted, like, you know, something's off, right? Yeah. And then, but then we get to the part where the the first day of the ceremonies and the elders, who turn seventy two, um, jump off a cliff um, as sacrifices, and uh, you know you get the sense that that's probably what going to happen. What's going to happen because Pele it describes how they view the cycle of life: spring, summer, winter fall and winter um from uh your time you're born until you're 16 is it 16 or 24 18 18 uh it's like the spring of your life and then you go and it's the summer where you go out in the world Mm -hmm. and you come back when you're 36 and from 36 to 54, that's the fall of your life. And you are at your working life, you know, breeding, you know, whatever, everything like that. And then from 54 to 72, you are, um, it's multiples of nine. That's what it is. Oh my God, you're right. Because nine is a big number in the thing. I just realized that because yeah. nine is a, is a big number for them. So and it's multiples the of nine. Nine days. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh. Mm-hmm. Nine days. It's their ages are multiples of nine. Um, so nine people die at the end. <laughs> yeah, in, to- in not not at the end, but in a total nine nine people die. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So mm-hmm. nine nine days, um, and then you're a mentor from fifty four to seventy two, and then Danny goes, "Well, what happens at seventy two? And Pelle just kind of laughs and like ignores the question, and they go on. Um, yeah. <laughs> and you're kind of like, oh yeah, that's not good, <laughs> you know. Um, yeah. And then they they witness it, and that's when that's when things start to really shift. Um, and you discover quite a bit about the way this this village does things. Um, and I found it real interesting because also in contrast to most horror movies where you know the the kind of threat or the the tension mm-hmm. is is kind of very out there lots of screaming lots of um everything but what was funny and what was even more disconcerting was the calming tactic mm-hmm. that um the people who lived in the village took to the outsiders being disturbed by what they witnessed when the elders fall off the cliff. Um, I mean, what was your take on, on how this village like views life in general and how they, how they do things? 
because that's really it for us. It's disturbing, right? For yeah. us, it's it's this. Why would you do that? But to them, it's it's just what happens. That's the way it's supposed to be. That's the natural, yeah, way to do things. I mean, I think just from that scene on, I think, and the film is purposefully made this way, but it's obviously from a very kind of Western point of view. Not that like. I think Sweden is technically Western. It is. Yeah, but it's... I'm an American, let's say. Like, in a very... Very American, American, British type type thing, right? Industrialized, Um, we could even... Yes, yeah, but... This is a very agrarian society. It was very... Very much, yeah. And, I mean, you could logically understand that, but because not only of... um, like American and British, more Western than Sweden, those beliefs, plus the way that that scene was shot, um, it's very hard to not be biased because Ari Aster, I, I, at least I felt like he purpose he, he chose the moments of gore very carefully when they were very appropriate. And that's the first scene that you really get to see that. And it is not held back. Like there Mm. are, if this was any other movie, we wouldn't have seen gore necessarily that realistic. Or if it was a Quentin Tarantino film, it would be so mm-hmm. over the top that although, it's just like. Although I was not, like, in, although I have to say, I just I was not impressed with the with the head smashing part. I was like, that looks really just fake. But that was just yeah. me. See, that's, that was that's just the me. problem with four four K TV and everything being. Yeah, so, yeah you know, it so just clear. looks so. I was like, oh well, okay. Yeah, <laughs> you know? the head smashing part, not really. But when the woman jumped, that looked. That was more, good. Yeah, that was that, good. That was good. Was when the guy the had a moment that pulled me out of it was when they took the sledge to the old guy who hadn't died quite a way, quite right away. Um, that that was the moment when they kind of showed that and his head yeah. going in. I was kind of like, eh. yeah, that part was was definitely fake. But I think like we knew what was coming. We knew they were going to jump off. Oh of yeah. That. But what was shocking was that they shows. That that it was shown in the way that it was, and that emotionally like got me, and that's because it it played up the very British and American view of what was happening at that point. Yeah, you know we can't we don't understand what that what this is because we. We don't do that. As Christian said, and I think this is the only smart thing he said in the entire film, was we stick our we stick our our old in nursing homes that could look yeah. bar barbaric to them. To, to them. However, they should have been I like and and I and I understand this whole village is kind of like a secret society, but because they were so secretive and they didn't really explain it to the outsiders that's what made it feel like a cult that's what made it feel like 
um, all of the outsiders were being gaslit the entire time and being lied to, which they were. And we realized that as soon as that scene happens, and then as soon as Simon goes missing, as soon as Connie goes missing, and I wasn't surprised that it was the villagers that were responsible mm-hmm. for that. Um, and trying to convince everybody, like, oh, it's fine. They just left, you know. And the one, I forget, like, the one, like, elder guy who's trying to convince Connie that Simon went on without her to the train station. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Immediately, it's like, no, that's bullshit. They came together. They're engaged. They wouldn't leave leave each other like that, especially after wit- witnessing what what happened. And then we find out or slowly start to reveal like, oh my God, this was planned. They planned all along to bring these people here to make them a part of not only their rituals, but integrate them in different ways into their society Mm -hmm. without giving them a choice about it. Mm -hmm. That is terrifying. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. I mean, what's what's kind of interesting is that you can actually argue that perhaps, yes, they have to sacrifice people on the outside. They probably realize that, that people from the outside would probably not understand or want to participate in that. However, we don't get to see how that occurs. And considering how my, this is just my thought, because we don't mm-hmm. get to see how Simon and Connie you know, are killed or whatever. But I I am inclined to think that the villagers probably tried to convince them, just like the woman when Connie and Simon were disturbed, tried to explain to them, mm-hmm. oh, it's beautiful. It's, 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 you know, and it's an act of love. And when I go, I will be, you know, it will be joy, you know, for me to do this and everything like that, you know, to, to go with dignity and to go with my mind intact, to go, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm inclined to think that, yes, they did end up killing them and, and putting them over. But I would wonder, and to us that is, but I would wonder if they would, if they would not have tried to convince them and then when they couldn't almost treat them like a child who doesn't understand what's good for them. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, cause they were, they were used in various ways. Think about it like that. They're big on cycles. So they were used to feed the animals and fertilize the crops. Yeah. And stuff like that once they were killed. So to them, I feel like it might be kind of this natural cycle thing, right? And the outsiders just don't understand. That's just kind of one Mm -hmm. thought that I had. I would almost agree with that if it wasn't for how it was presented, right? But of course, it's a horror movie, so it has to be kind of shocking. But I feel like if we're going to look at it from an an anthropological point of view, and now we're like comparing the relationships between insiders and outsiders and two different cultures, right? Right. Um, If they had shown it as like, oh, these old people take like some poison that puts them to sleep and then they pass away peacefully. I feel like that is a lot easier to accept because that is not graphic. Right. 
fucking jumped off a cliff and heads yeah. are smashed and limbs of are- Of course, keep in mind that this yeah. is different. This is a, a ceremony that happens every 90 years. So I'm inclined to think mm-hmm. that when somebody turns 72 and it's not, you know, this, that it might occur differently, perhaps. That's, that's very true. You know, that's uh, obviously- you know, We don't know. We don't get that information. No, we don't. Um, what we do get, though, is the different ways of how they, like, treat the bodies after they die. Yeah. Like, um, they so- use them for mm-hmm. fertilizer, feed the animals, et cetera, right. et cetera. Which is, okay, cool. You know, body goes back to the earth, the circle of life, whatever whatever you know i would like to be turned into a tree that sounds freaking cool yeah but i think it was mark's body at the end where christian finds him hanging from the ceiling his back is flayed open and you see his lungs that are kind of up and they're expanding and contracting dude was alive so i'm like what does that have to do with anything Unless it was the psychedelics that Christian was on, because when Danny, she was all done with her Mayflower thing, I noticed that her crown, when she was sitting down at the table, the flowers were opening and closing. Oh, and and freaking Christian's eyes were so dilated. They were like black pits. Okay. So he was, he was high as hell. even then, as an audience, I couldn't actually tell as we got towards the end, like what was real and what wasn't. And now maybe I'm just, that's part of the point, you know. Yeah. Maybe that's part of the, you know. Yeah. You don't know, you know, and and part of their thing, I would point out too, um, the shouting uh, when people are screaming or moaning, whether in pain. Uh, physical pain or emotional pain or even pleasure or whatever was a very empathetic thing. I got the impression through the subtext that these people experiencing pain and being upfront with it is part of their culture. Yeah. So just positing I mean, man, who knew my degree in anthropology would come would come in handy? <laughs> but I'm positing that maybe that Christian being alive at the end, Mark maybe still breathing or maybe not, mm-hmm. and all of these other things, and being alive during these points of high pain is part of that deeply seated empathetic let feelings out, truly experience pain and pleasure, make it a community kind of thing along like a Cenobite Hellraiser kind of Mm -hmm. idea. It's positing. We don't know. Yeah. I mean, it would, like, I kind of think that makes sense to a degree because that is everything that, that Danny isn't. She's very ashamed of of her pain we see her run off multiple times to go cry alone yeah and i get that because it's and and, i mean we don't learn really anything about her relationship with her family other than her sisters um bipolar disorder but it feels like and i'm kind of 
putting in my own personal experiences onto the character of Danny. Um, well, well that's it, what I think, because, you know, yeah. I was thinking about it ever since we had our last episode with Stephen Graham Jones. I hope you all <laughs> Um That part of, you know, we kind of talked about the past episodes um, and, and the idea that we kind of talk about our own personal experiences and everything um, like that. But I feel like that's a part of the relationship to art, right? I mean, we talk about relationships and we talk about the relationships in the art. But thinking about it, I mean, shouldn't that include our own relationship to the art itself and how it affects us and what it makes us think about? Like when we were talking to Stephen Graham Jones and we were talking about family and we were talking about, you know, can you get away from your family and your past and what they do? I think that's part of it. That's part of the relationships that should go with delving into art, not just the relationships with the people, but your own relationship and personal experiences. Absolutely. Um, so anyway, yeah. I just wanted to say that. I didn't mean to cut you off. Oh, yeah. No, uh, no, no. Go ahead. You, you were saying no. do your own personal experience. Yeah. And, and bipolar and the family and all that stuff. Right. Cool. And I mean, I'm still very much this way today and not nearly as, as, as bad as I was, but um, there hasn't been too many people in my life that have seen me really actually break down and cry like to be that vulnerable with pain and I related so much to Danny on that level because she clearly has that issue as well it's like I don't want to burden you with my emotions with my sadness etc etc I don't want to put that on you and I'm sure that was reinforced not only by her family Mm-hmm. But by Christian as well, oh, especially, yeah. especially towards the end. Oh, I my mean, God. the amount of times that you could yeah. just tell, and this goes back to the acting, where he's saying the right things, right? He's saying the words like, oh, yeah, that was shocking. You know, oh, yeah, you know, that really was. And you're like, that is such, you're just, like, you, you were such a liar. Yeah. You know, and then when she's saying, Simon left without Connie, you know, and everything like that. And he's like, oh, wow, you know, that sucks. You know, and he like pats her on the arm and then goes talking to the dude about like how they decide jobs in the village. Right. And and then, and then she's just staring at him with a look that just says, oh my God, not just do that right now. Yeah. And I, and at that moment I was, sit, I was sitting there going, yes, girl, you're finally fucking getting it. Yes. Yeah. Let's see. Let's see what happens. Maybe Christian gets murdered next. Yeah. Yeah. And oh, yeah, he does, but he uh, does, yeah. <laughs> but it, it's one of those things. So think about that, how we have that in our society. Right. Yeah. Whereas opposed to this village, think of how maybe cathartic that would have been for Danny have all those women right there she is trying to run away crying and and be by herself and grieve and these these women of the village don't let that happen they just gather around her and they wail with her and they and they allow her to just let it out and they let it out with her and they touching her and they're there for her how cathartic is that i mean if you've ever had somebody just like be there for you, not in that sense. I've never had anybody sit there and like, well, yeah, you know, when our dog died, me and my husband, you know, we just sat there and we were, you know, I mean, that's the closest I have, but that's cathartic, yeah. you know, someone knowing that someone else yeah. like feels your pain. 
right? You know, someone else's shoes and it allows you to feel that and thus let it out, you know, like a boil, like a, you know, like something like that. Just get that poison out. Right. So I, I know those, like some people didn't receive those scenes very well in the film. And I do agree if, you know, they, they can come across silly because us are the way our culture is like, we don't do that. You know, we sit there, we'll, we'll stay quiet as we listen to the other person get it out. But sometimes that still puts the other person alone in their pain. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it helps kind of like, um, like if we're going to a rally or a protest, everybody is chanting the same thing at the same time. There's unity. There's a solidarity with it. Mm-hmm. And that makes everybody feel good and empowered. Yeah. You know, but we don't do that with sadness. We don't. And, uh, and, and you get the impression in the village that they are, they're very open with this stuff. Like everybody in the village kind of knows what's going on. You know, like Pele didn't blink, right? When Christian brought this thing, he's like, hey, you know, this was left on my bed. And Josh like, yeah. Josh Josh, did, yeah. yeah. And he's like, and he's like, oh, and Pele's just like, oh yeah, well, my sister likes you. You know, she's old enough to have sex now. Like where in America? Well, no, you know, he didn't seem bothered by it. He's just like, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, you know, that's what happened. You know, yeah, oh, she likes you. She wants to have sex with you. You know, whatever. That's yeah. just what we do. You know, and um, and so they're very. I mean, they have the whole mural describing like that whole process with the blood and the pubic hair and all of this stuff. They, it's just a known thing. Like everybody knows about it. Um, yeah. So let's talk a little bit about. Now we're getting towards kind of the end scenes of the movie mm-hmm. where she becomes the May Queen and that moment where she actually understands what they're saying. I think that's where she kind of starts to truly like integrate herself right into into the, yeah. you know, she kind of understands a bit and gets that feeling and then comes back and <laughs> here's the noise going on when she comes back from the blessing ceremony Mm-hmm. And you know the woman, well, and she's also high as shit the yeah. entire time. So woman, <laughs> obviously, everybody knows what's going on. Everybody knows that Christian is screwing, you know, Pele's sister in there in some kind of ceremony, so she can get yeah. pregnant. I mean, spoiler, everybody, but that's what happens. You know, um, yeah. Christian gets picked to impregnate her, and uh, you know because they don't they they try to forestall inbreeding at least a little bit um, in their society by bringing these outsiders in. And, um, and, you know, obviously the whole village knows about it because the woman that was with Danny knew about it. And she was like, oh, you know, yeah. you might not want to, you know, that's not for us. And yeah, then she goes over there. She's Christian in this big ceremony with the sister and the other women there naked and like moaning with him. And it's again, that empathetic, you know, it's like this communal kind of yeah thing that everybody just kind of knows about. And, um, so- and um, a question for you then, right? Because there's a sense of like they're hi- they're obviously hiding stuff from the outsiders for what whatever reason. Do you think it was do you think they did the right thing 
by not telling Danny what was going on and trying to keep her from it. Because we yeah. know, we knew, we knew this was going to happen with with Christian. Because they did. Kinda- they warned her, yeah. right? But then you have to think about it as people who are like not from America, right? So maybe for them, it wasn't a matter of telling her or not telling her. Maybe it was just a matter of, oh, that's not our thing, mm-hmm. you know? And the woman kind of was just a little bit like she might not take it the right way because she's an outsider. And I think that's often how, how I kind of view it. Like they don't know they're outsiders. So they don't understand things the same way we do. Right. Mm-hmm. They understand why we do these things. So she might see it and not understand it, not understand how she would take it perhaps because she didn't exactly try to like stop her a lot. She was just kind of like, Oh, that's yeah. not for you. Perhaps you shouldn't. Yeah. But she didn't like try to physically stop her or anything like yeah. that. Yeah. You know, she walked over there and saw what was going on in there. And um and so I kind of think of it as as maybe they weren't trying to like it's not out of shame for them. I think it may come more from a sense of they're outsiders, so they won't understand. Not that mm-hmm. they think they're doing anything bad. It comes more from a place of just the outsiders won't understand it. Yeah. Right. Totally. Second question to jump off of that with kind of like the same train of thought. Do you think they purposefully misled Christian? Because at 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 the end of that scene, when that um when Pele's sister is like, I can feel the baby, he immediately freaks out. And is like, oh my God, what just happened? What what did I do? And like runs through the field like buck buck naked. Well, remember they had that conversation with him where they pulled him into that room mm-hmm. with all the things and the woman asked him, uh, what do you think of her? So I don't yeah, I don't I I we didn't get to hear the rest of that conversation. No. So we don't know how much they were trying to get across from him. And maybe he just, like, how much they mm. were withholding. Either because they figured, assumed he would figure it out. Or yeah. didn't think he might take it the right way. Or whether he just didn't realize. Yeah. Or whether he heard them and they were being clear. But he didn't believe it in a way. Like, oh, yeah. no, they can't mean that. <laughs> you know, they can't mean yeah. to have sex with her and, like, impregnate. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Of course, like, I mean, him way out before the whole thing. Yeah. Changed, so. I I mean, I think I, he he wanted to cheat on Danny the entire time. Mm-hmm. And now somebody was giving him permission to do that. And I think he thought that he was just going to walk into the barn and it was just going to be the sister there. Yeah. Except it was a whole entourage. Yeah. Because uh, you can see the look on his face just like, what the hell's yeah, going yeah, on? Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck is this? Do I have Great. to screw them all? Or, yeah. or what's going to be happening here? Yeah. But it really felt like this is kind of their fertility ceremony kind of yeah. thing going on. Um, that's how they do it to ensure, you know, she'll get pregnant. Yeah. yeah. That's how they do it. 
kind of an empathetic kind of magic kind of thing. Mm -hmm. You know, they all get there naked, they moan with her. It's kind of building up that empathetic energy so that she'll have a baby. It's it's kind of a tenet of witchcraft too. I found yeah. it kind of funny. They had that old wife tale of her grabbing her legs and leaning back so she would be insured getting. Oh pregnant. yeah. God, I I God, I heard that. Like yeah. So I mean, that's been around. That's been around. That 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 superstition. That, like if you grab your legs and like walk and stuff like that, you see it in modern movies. That that wife tale has lasted for so long. So that was interesting yeah. to see. But anyway, that was a little, <laughs> little side note. But yeah, so so yeah, so you have the nine, the ninety. 90 years, nine decades, one sacrifice for 90, one 90 uh, for each decade, nine sacrifices, four from the village, four from without side, and then the last, the ninth, the odd one is a choice of the May Queen, mm -hmm. whether it be the outsider or the one from the village. Mm -hmm. It's a choice. So... I volunteers tribute. I volunteers <laughs> tribute. Yeah. Yeah, I know, right? Like, okay. That's when I started laughing. Yeah. I volunteer. Yeah, sorry, go. <laughs> no, so so that's the last part. Like, you know, yeah. she sees him, you know, doing that and gets upset. The women cry with her and everything like that, but they push on with the ceremony and they drug Christian so he can't move and they bring him out. And it turns out it's her choice. Uh, it turns out it's her choice on what to do. And like I said, spoilers here. Uh, she chooses uh, to throw Christian in there. Mm -hmm. And you know, it doesn't really elaborate. Yeah. We just see that choice. I mean, we can imagine, which I think sometimes things going unsaid. You know, she didn't yeah. make a big declaration about why she was doing it. I mean, we can just imagine all the complicated reasons mm -hmm. that were probably there for that. Right. Yeah. Which brings me to, we were going to talk about Pele. Mm -hmm. Because Christian goes in, uh, dies in the fire. Pele is still alive. And one thing we haven't talked about is how he has been you know, uh, you know, commiserating with Danny, uh -huh. I guess. Trying to woo her a little bit. Yeah, and man, yeah. actually, it was kind of smooth, right? The whole mm -hmm. talk he had with her, I was kind of like, you know, does he feel like home to you? And all that yeah. stuff. I mean, the difference between real sensitivity, right? Yeah. And not, you know. Like, but of course, I immediately... Did not trust it because I've been in situations like that where it's just like, you just want to get in my pants for something. And I was brought here on false pre pretenses. And you find out later that like Pele, you know, was excited for Danny to come along because this could have been his chance, you know, like here's but also not, here's not only an outsider but here's the may queen outsider right and he gains status right <laughs> so i think it's all of that but i think it's no think of the culture he comes from though let's i want to mm -hmm. dig a little deeper let's make it a little more layered and and talk about the culture that he comes from right this empathetic culture right yeah Where his culture is not ashamed of sex his culture doesn't seem to be fear of death. 
They don't have that sexual shame or machismo or anything like that that we tend to get in our society. So I would tend to think it wasn't that he wanted to get in her pants. He really did, Mm -hmm. in his complicated cultural way, mean what he said in that I see myself in you. I know what you're going through. You will appreciate Mm -hmm. my culture. You will appreciate what we can do for you. We will help you heal. Was kind of, I feel like the underlying statement, I can help you heal. My people can help you heal. Yeah. That's how I took it. Yeah. I mean. Totally makes sense. And I don't disagree with you whatsoever. The only thing for me is like, I keep coming back to the end because it's, to me, it's, it's presented as this, like, that's exactly what happens to Danny. The end when she's watching everything burn and Christian is in there, it's very much symbolic yeah. of her old life getting burned away. And I mean, fire in a lot of cultures, it's a symbol yeah. of re of renewal, of yeah. rebirth. And that's why we see her smile at the end. And then Yeah, let's talk about because that's like an iconic yeah. last shot. The very last shot yeah. of the movie. Close up. She's at first kind of wailing with everybody else because mm-hmm. the guy's screaming on the inside. They're burning alive and everything. Uh, and despite the getting that stuff. And they smell, <laughs> uh, yeah, I've smelled. Uh, yeah. I worked in the medical center's office yet. Yeah, dead bodies are. Yeah. Are, uh, they smell. But, so they're wailing and they're coughing and, and all of this stuff. And she's doing that too at first, right? Yeah. And then she starts kind of laughing, right? And then... She smiles at the end, and that's the last shot of the movie. We don't get yeah. anything else. We don't see what happens after that. We don't. We just interpret from that smile that there is a healing in that, right? And think about the symbolic mm-hmm. of when they put them in there and they light it on fire. The guy says, you know, we cast you into the abyss. You know, we ca- they're casting it out. And it's not only that metaphorical for their culture, but talking about also the things that Danny is casting into the abyss, right? Yeah. Her guilt, her anxiety, her need to people please. Mm-hmm. Um, all of that stuff, you know, it's kind of this also, as you said, the metaphorical cleansing for her too. That ceremony is for the village, you know, cleansing and satisfying the the beast or whatever. Um, but for her, it's also that. So it's kind of yeah. physical for the village, but also metaphorical for her as well. I agree there. And that's why yeah. she smiles because, you know, the ceremony goes off the way it's supposed to. And so she therefore can move on. Now, what she does with that, we can only postulate, right? I mean, yeah. does she stay in the village? Does she go home? Does I mean, she go does home? She- does she stay with Pele? I mean, he obviously is still alive there. I mean, so, he, he just yeah. got he just got pulled out to be, you know, be brought honor. Oh, you brought us the May Queen and you brought us these sacrifices. You know, yeah. you'll have great honor and respect. But he's still there. And he still yeah. made it known what he can offer Danny, right? Or what mm-hmm. he's offering her. But we don't know whether she accepts that or not, right? We don't yeah. know what happens after she stays there. Whether they would require her to stay there whether you know we don't know like what that healing what that's obviously it's a healing smile in my mind it's a healing 
you yeah. know, she's not, she's not relishing the pain that these people are going through that are burning in there. I don't feel like it's that. It's a catharsis, really, for her, that yeah. smile. It's a catharsis. Like, I was this ball of anxiety and pain mm-hmm. and grief and everything like that. And now after being here and going through these ceremonies and, and, and you know, dancing around the maypole and, and doing all of this stuff, and now coming out on the other side, having been drained and cleansed yeah. kind of of all of those emotions in various ways. Yeah, it's like something inside of her finally clicks or she allows herself to feel something different or to think in a different way. Um, Where I get anxiety about the ending is because we don't know what happens after. And because at least from my perspective, from not – understanding the culture and even though we're sitting here and we're talking about it and everything I still think like I would be freaked the fuck out (laughs) I would want to leave and yeah what happens to Danny after that do they have something else where like the May Queen gets sacrificed like is she is she is she still in danger yeah I mean they took those pictures which was interesting in the May Queen Mm-hmm. But uh, the May Queens were still alive. Remember, they had that meeting, I think. Uh, remember, she said it's a meeting just for the May Queens. So I think oh, the okay. woman who was running it oh, was like a fine. former May Queen. Gotcha. Okay, so so she's fine. It just depends on if she decides to go back. To stay or, or what that does for her. Like, if she stays yeah. with them because they made her feel, you know, or whether this was just a cathartic trip and now they're like, oh, yeah, yeah you participate in our ceremony. Yeah. See ya, you know, like... But- what does she have to go back to? Right. She has Nothing. no parents, no sister, no boyfriend. Boyfriend. Um, she might have some friends, but we don't. I mean, there's that one friend she was talking on the phone yeah. with at the beginning. Yeah. But we don't know how close they are. We don't yeah. know if she has any other friends, you know. Right. So I don't know. I just. Yeah. I think because I identify with Danny so much, it's it, it's just like, girl, I worry about you. Like. Are, are you okay? Yeah. Do you, do you have a plan after this? Like, I need to know. But my own feelings go completely against the whole point of the ending is to be like, to be okay with it. But I'm like, right. damn it, my own anxieties. I can't be okay it's, with it. And, and, it's, and it's one of those things that where it's not, you can even look at it as like, it's not the arc of Danny's emotional arc is not of complete healing. Yeah, it's going to a place where she can begin to heal, mm-hmm. and that's the story. It's not the story of complete healing. It's the story of what do you have to do to start to heal, to start Con- to move yeah. on, confront it, and that's and that's yeah. the beginning of a long road. Like what we saw was the beginning of her road. I think the beginning of her getting to that place where she could actually start, start to feel Mm -hmm. and heal because that smile is so poignant, not only for the fact because they close up on it and it's the last shot, but it's also the only time we see her truly smile in the whole movie. 
aside from when she's dancing around the maypole like briefly but yeah but that but that's when but she's like, like a starting true, like yeah that's tr- yeah you know and it, and it's and it's one of those like you know the other smiles for the you know awkward or unsure insecure smiles mm-hmm. everything like that so it was, it was, and, and even that, that smile around the maypole, you could say that's kind of a, a consequence of kind of the situation she was in. Yeah. Um, whereas, you know, she's at the maypole, she has drugs, she's feeling this feeling, she can now understand and begin to understand. So it's a smile of maybe something new happening. And mm-hmm. but, but that, but that one at the end is one completely of her own kind of volition, her own kind of internal you know, it was different, I think, yeah. is what I'm trying to say. It was different than all her other, any other smile that she had done. Absolutely. Whether or not it was, it was one that was notably different than her others, which like I said, yeah. I mean, we've talked about the acting in this. So it was just really a testament to the acting that these things come across, even subconsciously or consciously. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, wow, we got really deep. Yeah. yeah, really deep. Yeah, if you um want a movie that's going to bring up uh emotional baggage that you thought you had left behind, dead and buried in a box 6 feet under, huh, watch this movie cuz it brought up so much crap for me that I'm like I thought I dealt with this. Nope, I guess I didn't. <laughs> so. You know, and, and that's the thing, you know, sometimes it's things you deal with, you know, they don't go away. You just kind of learn how to live with them, right? Yeah. You know, grief doesn't go away. You just learn. You just learn your life after that point. It gets easier to carry around. The suitcase gets smaller and lighter. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, goodness. Yeah. Wow. Well. (laughs) Wow, yeah. Uh, Speaking uh, of um, deep, emotional, scary things, um, that's we're going to be delving into uh, exactly the same thing next time in two weeks. <laughs> uh, we're going to be uh, talking about a game that came out in 2015 called Massachusetts. I believe I'm pronouncing it right. Um, is, it, that, is that phrased off masochism? I think so. Uh, I mean, there it's 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 this is a game I haven't played, so it'll be new woo! for me. <laughs> Make sure you're in a good headspace before this, but yeah, um, so it came out in 2015, um, created by John Old Oldblood, um, just one lone game designer. He created the whole game himself. Um, very much inspired by the serial killer Albert Fish, mm-hmm. and um, the whole thing kind of. like psychologically goes deep into like what what makes a serial killer Mm. so that is what we're going to be talking about you know we love us some serial killers oh yes 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 and this one it tune tune in 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 two weeks (laughs) and uh maybe play play the game before then, if you yeah. think, you know, you're we totally encourage you. Like, that's why we tell you, play, you yeah. so that you can be like, yeah. oh, and then maybe do it. And then, 
Yeah, because we try not to go into like what the plot or anything like that because we want to talk about our response to it. So yeah, maybe a little lost if you haven't if you haven't done that. But you know, this is all about talking about our experiences and maybe helping you to process your own. You know, with some of this media and everything, yeah. thinking about it in new ways. So yeah, so, yeah. and that's so, why we're here. Uh, yeah, and that's why we're here on Twitter. Give us a follow, leave comments. We are at the box underscore podcast. You can listen to this episode. Well, if you're already listening to this episode, then you're either on Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or Podbean, which you, I hope, already know. That's where all of our other episodes are. Um, if you haven't, give, give them a listen. Leave us some comments on Twitter or on Podbean. You know, we always appreciate the feedback and the conversation. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Until next time, y'all. What's in the box? What's in the box? Years of trauma. Bye.